Welcome to First Do No Harm with Massachusetts Citizens for Life board member and physician, Dr. Mark Rollo. This broadcast will focus on medical ethics from a Catholic perspective and address abortion, physician-assisted suicide, contraception, natural family planning, IVF, healthcare proxy, and other topics. Please be advised that this show may not be appropriate for children under 13. Hello and welcome back to First Do No Harm, a show about medical ethics from a Catholic perspective. I'm Dr. Mark Rollo. The previous three shows have featured my conversation with Terry Beatley, who is the author of the book, What If We've Been Wrong?, keeping my promise to America's abortion king. This beautiful book can be purchased at abortionking.com. Terry Beatley was the last person to interview the abortion king, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, before he passed away from cancer in 2011. Her book is based on this interview and her promise to Dr. Nathanson to spread the message to America about how he deceived the nation regarding abortion, which ultimately led to the infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. Terry promised Dr. Nathanson at his request that she would reveal his lies and those of abortion proponents until the campaign of deception was widely known or until Roe v. Wade was overturned. We are now, please God, on the verge of that promise being fulfilled. Today you will hear the fourth and final part of my interview with Terry Beatley, who was also the founder of the Hosea Initiative, as described on her website, hoseaforyou.org, that's H-O-S-E-A, the numeral four, Y-O-U.org, hoseaforyou.org. Their mission is that by teaching the greatest unknown pro-life conversion story Of all time, Hosea Initiative showcases God's divine mercy to even the most egregious sinner who repents. It is the true story of Dr. Bernard Nathanson, a story of deceit and redemption, which can end abortion, heal broken hearts, and lead millions of people to receive the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. Hosea Initiative responds generously to the commission given by Dr. Nathanson, the regretful co-founder of NARAL, National Abortion Rights Action League, who trained Planned Parenthood doctors in the early 1970s. Exploiting his authority as a physician, he became known as America's abortion king and keeper of abortion keys. 
science, however, changed his mind. He admitted to widespread deception, repented, and became a child of God. Ultimately, this atheist and abortionist became a pro-life warrior and was received into the Catholic Church at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City on the feast day of the Immaculate Conception, December 8, 1996. What a beautiful symbolic statement that makes. The Virgin Mother of God, conceived without sin in her mother's womb, brings the saving grace of her son Jesus to the abortion king, who regretted and repented of the sins of violating the wombs of many. Before we continue, let us pray. For as stated by the U.S. Catholic bishops, only with prayer, prayer that storms the heavens for justice and mercy, prayer that cleanses our hearts and souls, will the culture of death that surrounds us today be replaced with a culture of life. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 35 to 37, tells us that the angel Gabriel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her, who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. O God, with your infinite mercy, please forgive us our sins of omission and commission in not protecting the innocent life of your children within the sanctuary of the womb and by not protecting the lives and hearts of their mothers. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In previous shows, we discussed the eight-point strategy of Dr. Bernard Dathanson and Lawrence Later, co-founders of NARAL, to bring the scourge of abortion, the scourge of Roe v. Wade, to America in 1973. The eight-point strategy, briefly stated, was to frame the destruction of innocent life as a choice to be made by a woman regarding her own body as if the child's body did not exist. The strategy was furthered by admitted lies and distortions, including the fabrication of the number of illegal abortions and maternal deaths supposedly happening in the United States. The numbers cited were more than ten times the actual number, 
Totally false polls were cited as to the support of the American people for abortion on demand. It was not 60% of Americans as admittedly falsely claimed by Dr. Nathanson. The actual number was less than 1% of the population of this country who desired abortion on demand. The big lies were repeated and amplified by a complicit press and facilitated by relativistic rationalizations that women were going to get their abortions anyway, so we might as well make them safe and legal. The final blow was the so-called Catholic strategy, which involved co-opting a few perfidious priests, giving cover to craven politicians, in order to convince people that they could be personally opposed, but not willing to impose on the autonomy of others. Such an argument would never fly if applied to slavery, for example. Once Catholics and other people of faith were pitted against each other, there were too few people remaining to crush the head of the serpent. Having described this satanic political strategy, we must realize that at the heart of politics is the human heart. It is the human heart which ultimately affects culture, and at the core of culture is who we are at our core. Are we a people under God or under our own self-centered willfulness? And now here's the fourth and final part of my conversation with Terry Beatley as she discusses the heart of Dr. Bernard Nathanson. She relates how his heart was hardened by his upbringing and how his heart was ultimately softened by an image of life within the sanctuary of the womb, by the love of the people of life, and by the love of God. Did Dr. Nathanson, when he was speaking with you, did he uh, talk ab about his childhood and, and how he came from being a Jew and raised as a Jew, but then became, uh, ultimately was an atheist before he uh, actually converted to Catholicism? Can you kind of take us uh, briefly yes. through that, his process of uh, conversion? Yes, and it's a beautiful process of conversion, and really starting, starting in his childhood, uh, his father detested his mother. It was sort of like an arranged marriage. Mm. And his father was a, a, a medical doctor, OBGYN, yes. even though it really wasn't like a separated field back then. He was a general practitioner, and, but uh, did a lot of OBGYN work. Mm -hmm. And he learned uh, how to hate, uh, you know, how to hate, how to lie. He knew his father was an adulterer. And he mm -hmm. picked up all of this from his father. It was a very sad childhood yeah. because he saw his father just verbally pummel his mother mm. into um, just a pulp, yeah. you know, just a shadow of her real self. And then Dr. Nathanson went off to med school. And yeah. And before during, before you go on to that, I, I just to throw in something that I know from having read something about him 
was that he his father sent him to to uh, Hebrew school, oh, Bernard, yes. and and he would go to the classes and he'd come home and he'd talk about it, and his father would ridicule him for believing all that, and I yes. and I think that was instrumental in in his becoming an atheist but go ahead that's absolutely right yeah and oh yeah because dr nathanson had memorized parts of the torah backwards and forwards Mm -hmm. and they put him at like the best jewish school in new york and you're absolutely right yeah he would um he would he would belittle he would mock the father would mock all of this training so in in nathanson's words his childhood was a real whipsaw of emotions Mm mm-hmm and so I don't know if he said this to me or he wrote it, but he had not a seedling of faith yeah. by the time he heads off to uh, college. Yeah. And, of course, college re- reaffirmed his unbelief. Yeah. And then he got a, um, a girlfriend. Oh, he had, had a girlfriend named Ruth, who that was his first experience, though, of truly loving someone. Mm-hmm. They had plans of getting married, not official plans, but they were talking about getting married after he graduated from med school and all this. Well, sadly, their relationship went over proper boundaries, and um, she became pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they decided, and he advocated, that she have an abortion. Yeah. And, of course, it was illegal, and he took her over. It ended up being nearly disastrous. She almost died Mm. at the hands of this abortionist, and it wrecked their relationship. And he remembered Ruth and this lost baby until the day he died. Mm -hmm. He wrote about it in his autobiography, The Hand of God. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, very... And that, that was his first step into the satanic world of abortion. Yeah. That's his description. And then later on, he gets another girlfriend pregnant. This is, I guess, I don't know if he's in, he's probably a doctor at that point. Yeah, because he ends up doing, doing her the abortion. abortion. So he aborts his own child. Yeah, so two of his own children he aborted. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. And so you can see the, the, the seeds of the, of the man who became America's abortion king. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's a very sad upbringing, yeah, a very... Um, um, broken foundation. Yeah. So it, therefore, it wasn't too hard for him to sit there and lie to all these American reporters. Yeah. So, so what was the yeah. thing that? Uh, uh, what was the thing that changed his heart on abortion? Yeah. What changed his heart was science. So mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that Joe Biden says follow the science. Yes, that's right. what I'd like to tell yeah. President Joe Biden is okay. President Joe Biden, let's follow the science, yeah. just like the father of America's abortion industry did mm-hmm. because it led him right to the pro-life side. And uh, Dr. Nathanson celebrated the Roe v. Wade decision in January 1973. He celebrated it, rah, rah, six yeah. months later. This is as he was the chief of obstetrics at St. Luke's Hospital in New York City. The hospital rolls in a brand new technology, yeah. and that new technology was real-time ultrasound. Yes. And the father of America's industry of abortion, uh, his atheist, his very prideful atheist self, sees the baby for the first time on real-time ultrasound, and that baby is wiggling and yawning and stretching, and he begins to bond with the baby, Mm -hmm. and he recognizes that the baby is his second patient, the mother and the baby, and he can no longer deny what he knew to be true, 
that abortion kills an existing human being mm-hmm. and that abortion is murder. He yep. called it out for what it truly is. Yep. And then it led um, him to um, resign from there. In fact, yes. that that's where the title of your book comes in, right? Yes, yes. Uh, when I went to publish or publish the book, um, someone very close to Dr. Nathanson's, actually his his widow, said, Terry, I'm going through his paperwork, and I found some things you might be interested in. And one of those things is his resignation letter to yes. NARAL. So I want everybody to go to abortionking.com and get a copy of the big book, because this is where the title comes from. Um, when he was resigning from NARAL, in 1975, on the second anniversary of Roe v. Wade, he submitted his resignation letter to Lawrence Later, mm-hmm. and he wrote, "When the Supreme, no, he wrote in 1954, the court reversed itself in effect by striking down all laws respecting segregation in public education in the matter of Brown versus Topeka School Board of Education." Right. Then he goes on to say this: "The judgments of the Supreme Court were never meant to be infallible or eternal." And what if we've been wrong? Yes. If the court should soon reverse itself on the abortion issue in the light of changing times and or new scientific evidence, what an incalculable injustice will have been perpetrated. What an immeasurable, irretrievable loss will have been suffered. The annual dues of NARAL are $10 a year and the hubris of certainty regretfully, I can no longer meet those dues. Mm-hmm. So he no longer had the arrogance to keep very his heels dug in and very. pretend it's not human life being snuffed out. And this is what I want to challenge every Catholic listener. Number one, get the book. Yeah. Go to abortionking.com. Get the book. I didn't write it just to write it and have you know yeah. 20,000 people read it. I wrote it to get every single American educated. Yes. You read it. You share it with other people, and and this is the story that will embolden you to become a courageous witness for life, Mm because nobody Mm -hmm. can out-abort Dr. Nathanson. Nobody can tell you you don't know what you're talking about when you're sitting there quoting what Dr. Nathanson said, what he did. It's a confidence booster, and we, as at least Catholics, must end abortion. And this whole abortion mentality, the abortion ethic— it must be ended. Yeah. And Nathanson is the key. He's the silver bullet yes. to get it done. He presided over 75,000 abortions, including two of his own children. And yet he repented and he converted. Yes. And he talked about still being an atheist when he was, became pro-life. Uh, but then he, I remember hearing a lecture he gave about talking to pro-life audiences. And he felt the love of the pro-life folks, and he, the way he described it was he felt the hard shell of atheism begin to crack. And that's mm-hmm. when he started letting in people, and I guess you, you talked about a Father McCloskey who um, yes. was instrumental in his, in his ultimate conversion. Absolutely. I mean, to know Nathanson's story is to know one of the greatest, I think it's the best conversion story of the last hundred years. Yeah, maybe since uh, since, since St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a Paul, he's a, yeah, Saul to Paul conversion story. Yeah. And that's the other challenge I would have for every bishop in the state of Massachusetts. I would submit to them that this is the most important story that every single 
a, a Massachusetts Catholic should know yes. is the conversion of Dr. Bernard Nathanson. And so it, and he's the poster child for divine mercy. So mm. when his path crossed with Father McClowski, Dr. Nathanson was contemplating suicide. This mm-hmm. had been an ongoing thought in the late 1980s, the second half of the 1980s. He didn't know what he was going to do with all this grief, guilt, shame. And his path crossed with Father McClowski in New York City. And for the next five years, five and a half years, they would meet every week, every other week, and to go over the Catholic catechism, to read some of the great classics together. And Nathanson, somewhere along the line, in this time frame, stopped contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. And he began contemplating the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. Yeah, praise God. Does it get any better than that? Yeah. And then he was baptized on December 8, 1996 at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. By John Cardinal O'Connor, of all people. Yes. Yeah, the the Cardinal of New York City. So the, yes. the Catholic strategy uh, kind of backfired in a way, but uh, he, uh, he and... Others were trying to undermine the church, but the church wouldn't be undermined and actually loved him and welcomed him into the church. So it's Absolutely. Just, a, just a tremendous and, and story. And we as Catholics should know this story and be bold. You know, the Word of God says, have not a spirit of timidity, yes. but one of courage. Amen. Every single person listening to this podcast should should know the story backward and forward, and right. you'll be amazed yep. how how it emboldens you. Mm-hmm. I can go anywhere in America, and I, I do travel quite a bit in public speaking, and I can hop into any taxi, any Uber, and, and by the time I'm at my destination, we're talking about this topic. So if my sense is that driver is very pro-abortion or whatever, I'll ask the question, you know, somehow we've, you know, we've broached the topic and I'll say, hey, do you, have you ever heard of the connection between breast cancer and abortion? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the lady driver will probably say, uh, no, yeah. what's that? Or if it's a black driver, hey, have you ever heard about Margaret Sanger's Negro Project and yeah. how legalized abortion fast-tracked it? Yeah. Chances are the driver's going to say, no, what's that all about? It doesn't matter. <laughs> we call it the House of Hosea. You know, Dr. Nathanson is front and center, and he's the front door. To know his story, we'll call every—if if every American Catholic really knew this story, the mm-hmm. Saul to Paul conversion of Dr. Nathanson, all of the—and this is not said with condemnation. I say it with love and with hope, okay, with a tremendous amount of hope and belief that this day is coming when when millions of American Catholics who have been— confused, mixed up on in the, and on the wrong side of Catholic teaching on this issue, where they will repent for their apathy. It could be apathy. That was me mm-hmm. for decades or and or and or repent for their willful ignorance, yeah. pretending that it's not a baby. And yeah. we all know it's a baby. Yeah. And or repenting for their participation, either having an abortion, taking a wife or girlfriend to have an abortion, or um, or voting for pro-abortion candidates. Yes, yep. This is going to happen. This day will come. I can't. I don't know when it's going to come, but I ha- I'm writing book number two on how God has pushed this forward. And as long as I don't quit, I'm telling you now, Mark. God keeps showing up, not physically, but in in a in a 
whatever you call that, in an invisible way, kind of mm-hmm. like Romans chapter one, in, the, in an invisible way, to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen. And I believe that America can be healed if, if God's people will just do right. what um, the Word of God says out of Second Chronicles 7.14 in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But it won't happen if 50% of American Catholics are no. goofed up on this issue. Yep, and we're all called to evangel- evangelize. We're all called to spread the good news, including the, the good news about being able to uh, repent and help America yes. re- repent of this evil. And, and thanks be to God, we seem to be on the verge of having you know, five courageous justices repent in a way, repent for uh, America's sin. And uh, we repented of the sin of slavery, and hopefully we'll now repent of the sin of abortion. Oh, I hope so. So I thank you so much for being with me today, and uh, this is tremendous, and I hope lots of people hear uh, hear this message. And before I let you go, do you have any um, final thoughts you want to share? Uh, my final thought is we just lift up this podcast to our Blessed Mother, and may she deliver it right to Jesus and make it go all around the nation. Yeah. I pray that you get hundreds of thousands of listens and um, um, and just, just people cover this in prayer. Yeah. Pray. You know, for, my message would be then to, to use this. You know, if you're not brave enough to speak up yourself, share this podcast, encourage your family, gather around, learn the story, and watch what the Lord can do to the heart of man. Mm-hmm. So my parting thought is this. If the father of America's industry of abortion, who knew perhaps more about abortion than any single human being, could become 100% unequivocally pro-life, why cannot every single American do the same? Amen. That's my thought. Amen. And thank you. Uh, Amen. <laughs> thank you once again, and uh, thank, thank you for you. all you're doing and for spending the, the past hour with me. Well, thank you, Mark, and look forward to talking to you again. Yes, thank you. This concludes the fourth and final part of my interview with Terry Beatley. Go to abortionking.com to buy Terry Beatley's book, What If We've Been Wrong, Keeping My Promise to America's Abortion King. And go to her website, hosea4u.org, and learn more about the Hosea Initiative, whose mission is to heal America with the inspiring true story of Dr. Bernard Nathanson's pro-life, Saul-to-Paul conversion and God's gift of divine mercy. And pray for the courage of a majority of the Supreme Court of the United States to toss Roe v. Wade into the ash bin of history. Until next time, remember, we should Always treat life with care and respect. And at the very least, we should first do no harm. First, do no harm with Dr. Mark Rollo 
is produced at WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Richburg. We are very happy to share it with other networks. Thank you for tuning in to First Do No Harm. Dr. Rollo welcomes your questions and comments. You may contact him at markrollo978 at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K-R-O-L-L-O 978 at gmail.com. Thank you, and until next week, remember, first, do no harm.